0: what's going on beautiful people and welcome to the own yo shit podcast with your host Danielle Gertner your ownership coach uh I'm here with my beautiful friend Kelly Folk we are gonna dive into such magic uh she's a holistic life and success coach and we were just catching up and in the middle of catching up I was like wait wait wait, wait. we have to start recording <laughs> because there's just too much goodness that's already coming out of your mouth and I want to capture it um I'm so happy you're here. It's been a little bit since we've caught up and you're just telling me about your new, uh, newest awakening, newest kind of up level and realization. Um, and what I was going to tell you real quick, you were saying the dinner table, the parts work, and I was just going to show you this, uh, I teach, uh, it's actually not in this book. I teach a section in my program of who's sitting at the dinner table. So <laughs> dive into that. But before we get there, um, hey. So <laughs> right, hey. Um, mm, tell the people about you for a second. <laughs> Share your you with with the world. Um, and then I'll get into like the 5 million questions I wrote down and talked about. <laughs> but I'm, I just want to say I'm so pumped to have you you've been such an inspiration for me and mirror for me since we met um virtually and over the phone so
1: okay (laughs) okay. all right yes isn't that crazy that we have such a strong connection yet we've never met in person
0: (laughs) it's like like it's crazy but it's actually it's not crazy because it Uh, it's energy and I think I'm yeah it's like I'm I don't have to be connected to somebody physically to be connected to them so energetically and emotionally and um I've got a couple of those people in my life and you're absolutely one of them this is uh this has been a beautiful friendship that has built over what like the last year
1: yeah it's coming up on a year how crazy oh my goodness I feel like I've known you for way longer
0: (laughs) Yeah, we, when we go in, we, we go in, we dive. We
1: dive yeah, our, I think our first call together was so deep. And I was like, this is one of my soul sisters for sure. <laughs> I am not the one for small talk. Like, let's just dive right in yeah. and get to the deep shit. Oh, am I allowed to curse on here? Oh, please, this is <laughs> Podcast. True. I didn't even realize that, but yeah. <laughs> all all, all F
0: bombs, all, all whatever is you and your expression of you is
1: allowed here. Mm, I love that and I appreciate that. Um it's just first off an honor to be here. I um just as I've been a mirror for you, that is a hundred percent reciprocated. You and your one-minute wiggles um freaking love them but uh they've actually i'll be completely transparent have they've been a mirror for me at that time when i started observing you doing that was like a mirror for me that i've been too serious and wasn't letting myself really go at that point so it was such a beautiful um, reminder to me to, to let loose and have fun. And so I appreciate you and the beautiful mirror that you've been for me. Um, yeah, so you're an incredible soul. I'm honored to be here. I'm honored to have this conversation. And yeah, this is gonna be fun. I think all of our conversations are so fun. Yeah. I love how intuitive that we, we go into things. I am a very flow, feminine person, so I think our energies just latch on and are so beautiful together.
0: Yes, absolutely. I'm, I'm so happy to hear that about the wiggle. And you know, when I started that, that's exactly why I started it for myself. I was so serious and always on, you know, the quote unquote, I'm on my grind. You know, I was always just go, 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 and um, I was. I had a boyfriend at the time, we were together for a long time. And I just felt the seriousness in every part of my life and our relationship. And um, I was like, I need to shake my ass a little bit more. (laughs) And it's so incredible, because it has translated into every other area of my life play is absolutely one of my core values. And um, the one minute wiggle, I really that that was a really big uh, initiator of that. And, and it's a way that I celebrate that value. So thank you for saying that. Mm-hmm. Fuck yeah, for the wiggles. Um, can you, I, I, I we are going to free flow because that's just what we do best. There's some people I'm like, yeah, I'm going to stick to these questions, but I wrote some questions that I, I or topics I do want to get into, but where I want to start is just allowing you to share your story with people and how you got to this place of doing this inner work and, and what that means. And now, you know, I know you're, um, transitioning to holistic life coaching, sort of success coaching, um, whatever, whatever that, that, uh, resonates with you. And I'm so excited to hear how that transition has come about. So please floor is yours. Tell the beautiful people listening who the fuck you is
1: <laughs> perfect <laughs> so my my journey is one of those journeys that does not make any sense it has evolved in so many different avenues um starting off in the fitness industry well we can even backtrack a little bit more I went to school to be a teacher and mm-hmm. I was okay yeah, yeah I was a uh, and you know, this definitely makes sense as to why I was a teacher. Is where I am now. Like my my archetype is to be a teacher. I love teaching things. I love coaching. Um, I love being that mentor for someone because one of my gifts is that I can see the potential in someone, and I will do whatever I can to allow them to see that beauty within themselves as well, so that they can portray their beauty to the world and impact at the the capacity that they actually can. Um, But we'll get more into that. But yeah, I started off as a teacher and absolutely hated the occupation. Hated it. Um, It had nothing to do as an elementary school teacher. um, I did special ed. Those kids um, who, in my opinion, are misunderstood, always had such a A spot in my heart that um, I was never in you know the quote-unquote special education classes or anything like that but um, I did grow up comparing myself to my twin brother and I was like the not so smart twin if you were to look at it that way or as I interpreted as that so Kind of brought me to where I was in teaching where I just had that soft spot for those that were severely misunderstood and just weren't always grasping the ways that things were taught in a general um, large classroom of kids. My so,
0: oh sorry, I just wanted to my NLP coach shared, I believe she she called it uh neurodiverse. And I really love that the way that she described some of the students that she had worked with were neurodiverse students. So Mm -hmm. yeah.
1: yeah, but if you think about it, when you're teaching, you have basically one style of teaching and there's a bunch of kids, bunch of little brains in your classroom that learn in different ways. And, you know, it is a lot of pressure for one person to be able to accommodate to everything. And sometimes those kids just don't get the learning in the ways that they need it. And yeah, so I mean, that's why special education teachers are there. But the way that the educational system goes about it is not something I particularly um, I'm fond of. So I lasted a year and a half. I left uh, between my second year, halfway through. I just couldn't take it. I'd cry to work every day. It was not my passion. I, My senior year of college, right? My last semester of college, I went into bodybuilding. And that has just been something I absolutely loved. Anything with exercise, I was an athlete my whole life. My last season in college, right after that ended, right after my career ended, I just hopped right into bodybuilding because I was like, I need to compete. I need to do something that's going to keep me keep me going and keep me in a community and that was like my first awakening into being somewhat this black sheep (laughs) because that's when you know bodybuilding wasn't much of a thing and I actually competed with one of my roommates at the time which is pretty cool but uh, my family who I absolutely adore um, but they didn't really agree with some of the things that I was doing in terms of bodybuilding and how things worked, they just didn't like it. And um, that was, you know, very triggering for me. They didn't show up, they didn't tell me they were coming to my competition till the week of. And, you know, working through that, when you come from a people pleasing and codependent and background, that was uh, a big shock to my system. But that was like my first you can say my first awakening into knowing that I was meant for something more. And then I, that led me into getting my personal training certification through NASM. And then I was like, you know what, I'm going to uh, quit teaching and I'm going to, I was introduced to the online space at that point And I hired a mentor, didn't know what I was getting myself into, but um, hired an online mentor and um, he wasn't, you know, looking back, he served his purpose in my life um, for sure because he allowed me to have the courage to step into the first step of me knowing I was something more in quitting my job and going after something that I wanted rather than you know something that my family or my lineage expected of me. So I quit my job. There's a second mark where my family was like, you're crazy. What are you doing? This is not going to work out. You are like, there's something wrong with you. Um, I now know that was coming from a very loving place. But at the time, it was very shocking. And I was in an environment where I was constantly being put down. Um, When are you going to get a job? Why are you going to ever go back to teaching? All of that, all those narratives were just being spit at me. Um, But I just kept going. I kept going. And uh, long story short, I was into like fitness coaching, trying to do personal training online and in person, and just something didn't feel right. I've always wanted to go deeper. I knew that mindset was a big thing, but I just didn't know much about it. This time I was dabbling into manifestation work, Abraham Hicks, just diving myself into any self-development book I can get into, but I knew I was missing a piece. Something always felt like it was missing. And then about two, a year and a half to almost two years ago, I was faced with work that changed the trajectory of my life. And that was the deep inner work, diving into my childhood, diving into my shadows, diving into everything possible that I had no idea was affecting my day-to-day life and then so I dove into that a little bit um, and then I became obsessed and then that's where we met and ever since then um, I've been kind of trying to find my my voice and my uniqueness in this space and I was telling you before we started recording that About a month ago, um, I was hit with one of the deepest awakenings, and I don't even know the word for it, but it was just so intense as to what my purpose is, Um, and that is life and success coaching, where... I've mentioned before that I can see the potential in someone else and for me, I'd be doing a disservice if I didn't use my gifts and my knowledge in this deeper work that I'm sure we'll get into um, around, you know, everyone's here for a purpose and I'd be doing a disservice if I didn't provide you with the tools that allowed you to get to those deep roots that allow you to evolve and bloom and share those gifts with the world so that you can impact and reach your deepest and rawest potential and yeah, be the light that you are meant to be here for. Mm-hmm. So yeah, that's what I'm diving into now.
0: Mm-hmm. Well, I'm excited and thank you so much for sharing all of that. It's really cool to see kind of how all of the pieces <laughs> came together. <laughs> Um, and I think it's really beautiful. You know, it, the, you going to school to be a teacher is a powerful ra- reminder for me as well of going to school for business and thinking I was going to work for Amazon, um, which is where I did an internship. And um, I just, I had this, this idea for my life. And I think a lot of times we don't realize how heavily that idea for life is influenced by our conditioning and our environment and Um, our our deeply held beliefs and identities Mm -hmm. and perspectives of the world. And when that's shattered and that shattering, it doesn't have to be a bad thing. I don't say that when we shatter, it's necessarily a negative thing, but when we kind of take those, I was filming a video earlier for my clients and I talked about this idea of taking these pink tinted glasses off your face that maybe you don't realize you're wearing and you start to see the world for what it is um, can be really powerful. So I'd love, um, I'm really interested in, and this is straight from your bio, but finding you help people find freedom in the patterns that keep them stuck. How, where do you feel most people get stuck? What are Mm -hmm. some of the places, the most common, maybe patterns you see, um, where people are, are stuck that are blocking them from being in alignment with this fullest potential.
1: Mm-hmm. Yeah. I, it's definitely a few. I don't think that there's one area that people just like, there's just one area. There's a few, um, but I'll stick to entrepreneurship in, in general, um, just to kind of keep it here in one, one container, but I guess you can, yeah, I guess you can say this is for the majority of people is, um, any beliefs around worth, any beliefs around, um, love Mm. and any beliefs around trust. Mm. I think that that's where everyone gets, you know, imposter syndrome is just this fancy word for lack of trust within the self right? So if you don't trust yourself, you're definitely going to doubt the shit out of yourself for sure. And you're not going to do the things that you need to do to move forward. You're going to be hit with those people. and Those people be putting, your, be putting yourself in environments and doing actions unconsciously um, most of the time that aren't in alignment with you know, your deepest and rawest potential right? Those things that you want to achieve in life, that impact that you want to have. Um, But if we want to keep it simple, I I think it comes down to three things and that's worth, trust and, and love.
0: Mm. I love that. Thank you for, for narrowing those down. I I agree. There's a lot of areas where people can get stuck. What What was interesting when you said those three words, what immediately popped into my head was, oh shit, those are basic human needs those are some of our basic human needs, Mm -hmm. the the need for validation, the need for love and acceptance and security. Um, and so I would love, and I know this is a big passion of yours of diving into, well, if this comes down to the basic human needs, this maybe comes down to like the inner child Mm -hmm. and, and, and visiting that. So, um, how do you define, uh, the inner child, um, and how have you connected with your inner child to heal and, and to, um, yeah, to heal those wounds. And I don't, I don't love using that, that term, but, um, yeah, tell me about your journey with your inner child and how do you Um, how do you coach somebody through connecting with that part of themselves?
1: Yeah, I, I look at the inner child as it just being, so we're, we're multi, uh, dimensional humans and we have these different parts of ourselves. And one of them is the inner child. And this is like that young, innocent, like, like part of yourself that, um, is derived in childhood, but I look at it being conditioned and learned. So this, this little part of you that is holding on to, that has certain needs, right? All parts of ourselves have different des- uh, needs and desires. And um, this inner child part of ourselves is this constant reminder of what needs weren't being met in childhood. So I, and I approach inner child through both subconscious work and conscious work. Um, I think combining the two is just way more powerful than even just working on subconscious work, which is the most important part in my opinion. But there is that conscious work where you can't just be sitting, like the conscious work is kind of like the masculine in the way where it's the doing, right? Doing the actions in 3D reality and the subconscious work is, you know, that unconscious work through the meditations or hypnosis, or even through like things like EFT, things that actually hit that subconscious mind or the tissues of the body, right? So um, I I approach it in a few different ways, but, and it's, it looks different for everyone. Um, I kind of go intuitively off of it, but uh, and any conscious strategies involving uh, connecting with the inner child is just, I, I love on the background of my phone is a picture of me as a child. And it's like my favorite picture because it's so fun. I don't know if you can see it, but she's so fun.
0: Oh my God, look at her little watch. <laughs>
1: she's so fun but like that reminds me because I I I also look at it in the way of you know reminding that our inner child child reminds us of um, play and fun and you know not taking life so serious now we have this part of ourselves that loves to be silly right Um, which is needed right that's happiness and joy that all of those feelings get brought up so I love doing um like conscious work around bringing my inner child into my everyday life through like things like dance um like A one minute wiggle is for sure yeah Connection to the inner child
0: building every day for sure
1: yeah. yeah just like things that are just that are fun that involve play so like even hiking is something that my inner child loves to do because it involves like climbing Mm -hmm. and just being silly and not worrying about like things that don't involve me worrying about like how my body looks or what I'm even doing. Like I get lost in the flow of things and things are just fun. Things are just enjoyable. It brings a lot of joy, but I also like, go ahead.
0: I I was just going to say, I mean, in that, I, I think of presence and it's actually Mm -hmm. one of the questions I had written down to talk to you about is, um, when I think of the inner child, I think of my most present state, one of my most present states, because if you think about a child there, there, there is no past or future. Mm -hmm. There only is the present moment. And that has been a really, uh, a way that I've been able to identify when I'm connecting with my inner child is where am I like, Uh, how present am I in this situation, in this experience? Um, So yeah, I I love that. What are, how do you know, um, I guess, how do you consciously um, connect and soothe your inner child when you feel one of those needs are not being met in your adult world? So you're not feeling validated. How do you go about validating yourself or when, yeah, when those needs aren't met, what, what are some of the things that you personally do?
1: Yeah. So it definitely depends on the need that's not being met, but, um, I do, so I'm going to take a conscious approach to this, but I will journal to her. I will journal, I will let her know, like, I'll kind of act as if I'm that parent that she wishes she had. And this is not to say my parents were terrible. I want to preface that for anyone who's new to inner child work. (laughs) They did the best that they could. Um, But I have unique needs. And so does everyone else, right? We have these unique needs, and we want them to be met in unique ways. And that's not something that our parents are going to get right every single time. Right. So, and especially since, you know, they have their own inner child, they're doing, you know, things the way that they were taught and modeled and, and all of that. So I wanted to preface that up front, but I'll just pretend as if I'm her parent, as if, you know, the parent that she doesn't, she didn't have at that time that she wished she had. Mm -hmm. And I'll just soothe her by just Affirming to her that she's safe, that she's loved. Um, And yeah, just really just allowing her to know how much she's loved and she's safe. And and that I'm here for her and that she has someone. She's not alone. And I'll just listen to her. I love closing my eyes and putting my hand over my heart. And just because that's where she sits. She's like a... (laughs) So funny when she's triggered, she uh I love using this analogy, it makes me laugh and kind of brings me back into my inner child, but she like rides my heart like Miley Cyrus wrecking ball, like that wrecking ball style. Like, she'll just sit there and just hang on my heart and <laughs> just swing back and forth. And like I can feel that tightness, and like that's the first thing that I like think of. And I kind of giggle when I when she's there because I'm like, all right, I hear you, I really do. I hear you, I see her. I um, allow her to feel heard and seen. I don't judge her, and when I'm going through this dialogue with her, I'll just let her speak, let her say whatever it is, and this is just great because sometimes, um, if you if you can resonate to my childhood, um, I don't. I uh, up until I started doing this work, I didn't know what my needs were. I didn't know, like my my inner child didn't know how to communicate that with me, right? Because, you know, when you come from this people-pleasing codependent background and your voice, what, and you were kind of afraid to speak, speak your truth, your inner child doesn't have the verbiage to kind of speak on that. So I give her the floor to speak and say, whatever, if it makes sense, it makes sense. If it doesn't, it doesn't, but I just let her, I let it out. I let it flow. And I go back and i look at the dialogue as this you know once i get it out of my system you know that brings me back in parasympathetic and i can look at the dialogue by like reading through my my journaling prompts again and in the dialogue of those words lies the needs that aren't being met without her even saying like hey i'm not feeling heard and seen it's just like they didn't listen to me you know whatever that dialogue is and i'm able to identify those needs and then i can um, I can cope a little bit better and, and give myself those resources that I actually need. So that's one of my favorite exercises to do.
0: (laughs) That was so powerful to listen to. and, And I just want to point out to everyone listening, what I observed that I think is really important about what you just shared. Number one, you personify your inner child. And this is something that I also do. This is a technique that has been very powerful for me is this idea. And it's an activity we do in my program is who is sitting at the dinner table? What do they look like? What do they sound Mm -hmm. like? Is their voice high pitch, low pitch? Do they speak fast? Do they speak slow? You said that your inner child lives in your heart. Where does your inner child live in your body? And you know, simply asking, closing your eyes and asking yourself that question of where do I think my inner child lives? Um, My inner child kind of like lives in my, she's in my chest, but she's in my throat too. Mm -hmm. She's like, I make really weird noises when I'm in my kind of play seat. And so I love that you talked about that of, of literally treating her as an extension of you because she is. She is a part of your whole being. And so I love that idea of personifying. And just for those who are listening, a challenge here to try to personify what your inner child might look like. And I think you having a picture on Mm
1: -hmm. the lock
0: screen of your phone. Um, I have pictures, yeah, around my house of my inner child for that reminder. So that was one really beautiful thing you said. And then another really beautiful piece I just wanted to highlight because it's so important um, is this. You journaled to her um, or you allowed her to speak in through the journaling. And then what you did was you went back and you compassionately observed the language you were using. And compassionate self-observation, you you mentioned not doing this from a place of judgment because the inner child a lot of times already feels judged. Mm -hmm. That is why she or he or they hide. And don't speak their truths and do people please? Did it all these different things because mm-hmm. they already feel judged. So how can you approach this part of yourself from a place of compassion? And you looked for those key words. Um, and I'm geeking out a little bit because of my neuro linguistic programming certification of just paying attention to language. Yeah. So that was such a beautiful example of of that. And kind of answered my question. I was going to ask you, well, where does somebody start to connect with their inner child? How do I, if I'm somebody who's never heard of this concept before and you're like, yeah, there's a little, there's a little you inside. And you're like, what the fuck? So how, (laughs) uh, where would you, where would you tell somebody to start connecting to their inner child? How would you, yeah. Where do I start?
1: Where do I start Kelly? What the fuck does that mean? (laughs) So when it comes to, uh, um, you know, starting anywhere, it all starts with awareness, Mm -hmm. right? Like you can't even possibly speak to your inner child if you are not even aware of what she's saying, where she is. So I appreciate you bringing that up. And I, one of the first things I want to mention, um, that could be really helpful. Um, I come from this background of kind of blocking out a lot of my childhood, right? So, for those of you who may have a hard time, you know, even visualizing what she even looked like or remembering anything, I invite you to grab a few pictures and have those be as a model um, for you to connect to, you know, and and it's like a real life life photo, right? Like that's actually you in childhood. So that would be a very um, helpful thing for you to first just, have like a visualization, cause I think, and I, I'm sure you can correct me on this, but um, I don't know the exact number, but I, I've, you know, dabbled in NLP too, where I think it's like 80% of people are around there are visual, right? Where we first, like our first represental, represental, representational system, is that what it's called? Internal um, Yeah, yeah, is um, we access it through vision, right? So um, by you just bringing that picture in, you'd be amazed on what you can actually bring into the conscious mind, right? Things that you would have never thought that you even remembered. You're like, wow, I Totally forgot about that, but just by having this visual picture of you, and this has helped me kind of bring some things to the surface. Where like I see this little version of myself, and I'm like, okay, like I know she exists. There's a picture of her here, yeah, and that That kind of sparks some, yeah, yeah. So like that helped me connect with her a little bit more. I mean, even if you can visualize her, I do. Like I want to invite you to. Um, bring that picture up because I think the connection is just a little bit more intimate but um,
0: I love that um, that tool Um, as somebody who is very visual and also has had a really hard time remembering my childhood and something I'm in therapy for of just kind of mm -hmm. understanding the ways I've dissociated and why and and how to reconnect but having those visuals and also I've I've asked my parents to tell me stories that they remember yes. from me from my childhood or my brother and sister. What are, what do you remember about me as a child? Is there a specific memory? I've heard some really funny shit um, <laughs> and also some really powerful things that have also helped with like building her personality again. Yes.
1: Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I love yeah. That. yeah. That's something that I actually recommend too. I was going to say um, asking, you know, caregivers or those that you spent a lot of time in your childhood with, they could give you a a lot of insight as to, you know, what, what you were doing at that time, right. They were with you all the time. So, but I do want you to keep in mind that they have their own perception of things as well. So please take that with a grain of salt as well.
0: (laughs) I also, I'm, I'm sorry. I just want to say really quickly, another thing that you mentioned when you were talking about how you connect to your, um, Your inner child, when you said, you know, our parents did the best they could. And I just want to say something about that real quick before I forget, because that piece of compassion is so important to compassion for the self, Mm -hmm. but also get into this kind of inner child work and exploration um, for me, a lot of resentment came up towards my parents. A lot of anger, frustration. Why did they do things the way that they did? Oh, if only they did it this way, I wouldn't be so fucked up. And understanding exactly what you said, of our parents did the best they could with what mm-hmm. they had, and fully believing that, and honoring that, and celebrating that. I just want to throw that in there real quick because. Um, any time you do this work, and I put that in quotes because everyone has their own definition of that, there is this double-edged sword, right, of a lot of pain coming up, a lot of emotions coming up, Mm -hmm. not just pain, but sometimes pain. And I know in my experience, I really had to work through some of that resentment and anger and frustration um, because you can't heal from that place. And so, um, again, our inner child's natural state of being is joy and play and creativity and safety and, and full freedom of expression. And we can't get there without that compassion and that love. So I just wanted to throw 100%. that out in- because it was really yeah. what you shared.
1: Mm-hmm. I also want to invite you, um, or anyone listening who that's part of the process is you know when you go through especially in the very beginning of the process of the work right you start to see things for how they really were and that's going to bring up a lot of the lower levels of emotion right the resentment the anger all of that right but it's also important that there can be an and. I was just going to
0: say, what do you mean by lower levels? I know what you're talking about. I don't know if the people listening might know. What do you mean by lower levels of emotion?
1: Yeah, so emotions are energy, right? And they're energy and motion. And there's a scale of, I guess, vibrations, right? And the lower levels, like the you can look at them as the... Um, the negative, I'm putting this in quotes, but I know this is a podcast, but (laughs) I'm putting it in quotes, right? Those negative emotions, they actually do vibrate at a lower vibration, right? Which is going to keep you at a lower vibration. So I like to, I don't, I don't like to judge things as being negative or bad or good or anything like that. So I just, you know, use that as like a, a neutral term of just being like, Hey, this is a, it's actually science they're measured
0: <laughs> yeah
1: they, they actually vibe lower so you know they're not good nor bad they're just low vibrating emotions right so yeah but um
0: thank you for explaining that I, yeah. I really wanted the the audience to connect and understand with what you meant by that because it really it is fucking science we yeah. are
1: science Yeah, there's no chance here. There's no coincidence. Like it's all, it's actually all science. (laughs) We can all seem woo woo, but there's, there's a lot of science behind this. (laughs) But, but yeah, so I invite anyone um, who, you know, immerses themselves in this work, who may even be in this work, but there's, there's an and when it comes to, um, you know, dealing with, you know, the dark night of the soul, which is you know, when you start to see things for how they are, and then you kind of are like, what the heck? I, Why did you treat me this way? That's when you start to feel the resentment and you're like, I've been living a lie my whole life. Like you start to get these realizations, like as, you know, I am, you know, the creator of my reality and I have been doing this to myself, but I also have these traumas and this is where they came from, right? Um, I wanna invite you to feel the resentment and allow it to be there mm. and have the compassion and realize that your parents did what they did. Yeah. Because that resentment is okay. That's just how you feel. Mm. And by you denying that, you thinking that that's a bad thing for you to, to feel towards them, right? Because you're like, well, they did the best they could. Like, how can I feel resentment to them? No, you can feel both. Both are welcomed by you denying that you're actually denying that's self-rejection mm-hmm. and you're not doing any more more good right that's like that toxic positivity that you know that that word that keeps getting thrown around right there's like i invite you to feel the resentment but also have the compassion for them like your resentment towards them is okay and by you actually feeling that resentment that resentment will actually pass through a lot and diminish a lot quicker than if you were to suppress it.
0: I don't, I don't know. Nobody saw me dancing while you were, <laughs> you. Um, but so much fucking big love for what you just said. I, I just posted a, on my Instagram a couple days ago. I think I tagged you in it. Actually. Um, I tagged you in all of my <laughs> word posts, but about this exact thing of, um, resentment, shame, judgment, guilt, it's part of the human experience and denying yourself that experience is denying a part of yourself. Mm -hmm. And this human experience is not meant to be all rainbows and butterflies. And I get very frustrated a lot of times in the coaching industry. And it's one of the reasons I love you so much. And you're, um, the way you honor your shit, the way you own your shit. (laughs) Um, because you're not somebody to just throw this self-love positivity. I've never heard toxic positivity, but it makes a lot of sense. Um this band aid on it because it is you are skipping versions of yourself. And this is a really big something I'm very passionate about of not skipping versions of yourself. And there's gonna be versions where you might feel those things. Um, and, and you alluded to this, this is a yes and approach. Like you can feel both. It's not black or white. There Mm -hmm. is a lot of gray, embrace the gray and give yourself the space to, to live on the spectrum of human emotions because it's a fucking rainbow and you can (laughs) see all the colors at the same time. I really, really honor and appreciate you bringing that up. Um, And yeah, that's yeah.
1: I mean those emotions hold a lot of wisdom. Mm. A lot of wisdom. (laughs) You want to get to the root of some things, you want to know what your needs are. Listen to those emotions. Listen to that dialogue. It holds so much beautiful teachings.
0: Portals. Like portals.
1: I mean, that was a I I did, I went deep into that stuff (laughs) and it was rough. I'm not even going to lie. I'm not going to sugarcoat it. It's not fun to be in that, but it's necessary because I've evolved so much more through that. We're evolutionary beings. If you're constantly just looking at the good of things, where is there room to grow? Where's there room to learn? There is none because everything's good, right? Everything's good all the time.
0: Yeah. My one of my favorite quotes that sits on my uh, my nightstand is "Where your fear is, your task is." Um, Carl Jung said that um, "Where your fear is, your task is," and I believe that so much of our uh, unmet needs come from fear. Oh yeah, um, that's I would say the root of. In my opinion, most of our uh, unmet needs is that fear, and you know, being curious and staying curious and about who you are and why you are the way you are, um, like you said, is 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 the road to healing. And this is—I think I said this on one of my last podcast episodes. This is straight up the Under Armour um, tagline: "Is the old way <laughs> through." Um, but I love that because the only way is through Mm -hmm. Uh, and it doesn't mean, and I want to be very clear about this and I've been doing it. This is a a good transition into something I really wanted to talk to you about on the podcast because it's been a big topic of interest of mine. Um, this idea between the coach and the therapist and like, how do we know where our boundaries are? Um, but only way is through doesn't necessarily mean you need to go back and relive those experiences i understand that there are many experiences we don't want ourselves or our clients to relive right i don't want my client to relive a sexual you know abuse situation or, or anything in those terms but but understanding from a zoomed out perspective, what the lessons are. And, um, one of my favorite things I learned from NLP was timeline dynamics and understanding how to take somebody back into, um, a situation or scenario or a life experience, but from this bird's eye view and just grasping what the lessons and learnings could be from there and then bringing them back into how to apply that. um, is is really powerful so yeah I
1: this is why I brought her on
0: people because this is the <laughs> shit. this is the shit that I want to talk about um and if you're cool with it I would really love for the last few minutes just to kind of talk about um this idea between the coach and therapist because there's a lot of people out there doing this quote-unquote inner child healing and I know it's something you're really passionate about. And so what are your, like, how does somebody do this in the most effective and safe way possible so that it doesn't end up being trapping somebody back in an old trauma?
1: Mm -hmm. Yeah, I mean, definitely. I think anything that involves, like, I'm sure you're familiar with the big T and the little T traumas right trauma is a a broad spectrum and um anything that involves like a bigger t right anything that involves like a sexual trauma um like abuse anything like that uh, ptsd that is something that a therapist is qualified to work with when it comes to someone who's more in trauma informed that is where, you know, we can work more on the little t traumas, where we work through, um, they're not insignificant whatsoever. All trauma is to be treated the same. It's all the same. It all affected the nervous system the same way. Um, But the micro traumas, in my opinion, are what trauma-informed practitioners should be working on. Um, This is definitely uh, you know, a personal opinion as well, but from coming from a trauma informed place, um, I do like to just educate my clients on trauma, informing them like how things work within the body, how their trauma is affecting them as I'm not, I'm not in the role of healing them I'm more so being this mirror and this guide for them, giving them the tools so that they can heal themselves. I personally think, no matter what trauma you go through, you are your own healer. But um, yeah, there's a there's a fine line between both. Um, I'm still navigating this line as well. But you know, I do use my intuition on this. If I don't feel as if you know my services are equipped and I'm not putting myself down. It's just, you know, if I don't have the tools and resources for them, I will refer them out to someone that I think is best. I have a whole, you know, resource guide where I have a whole bunch of therapists that, um, I'll just put them in the best one that I think is best fit. But, um, but yeah, I'm I'm curious to know, um, where, you know, your boundaries lie with that.
0: Yeah. Um, I'm so glad, um, I asked that it's been on my mind a lot. And you're somebody that I thought about wanting to have this conversation with, because it's come up a lot for me in my business as I dive deeper into this work, which is something I am so passionate about. And I want to, I, I want to help people own their shit. And when I do that, naturally these big T and little t trauma surface, Um, and I have found myself, um, in some situations where I've really had to take a good look in the mirror and, um, check in with my values and check in with what I believe in. And I think that's what it comes down to. I really love how you described it of kind of the bigger T traumas, for therapists, smaller T traumas are something a coach can guide. And again, that's subjective, right? Because who's yeah. going say that I can't look at, you know, something that happened in my life as a big T trauma. And I love that you use the word intuition and being, and, and, and here's the thing. As a coach, if you are not in tune with your tuition, it you're t- in tune with your intuition, if you are not aligned with your values and really fucking grounded on what those are, you, I think you will get very lost and you will allow your clients and their needs to influence who you are as a coach. And that is what I think where I'm at and what I feel very grounded in is I know who I am as a coach. I know what I value. I know what I love to teach about and guide my clients through. And the moment that I don't feel that sense of groundedness, that, that where I'm speaking from my heart, I know that this might be something that is out of my area of comfort and area of expertise. Um, so, um, kind of the way that I explain the timeline, like when I do inner child healing, um, I had a, there was a girl that I was working with for a while who decided to no longer work with me. This is full transparency and and, and in a business and she was doing like marketing and business strategy work with me, not as a client. Um, And who was in this industry for a long time and um, got out of it because it can be very toxic. And we do have coaches out there who are inner child work and we'll heal your inner child and then boom here comes your client who's sharing with you that they were abused when they were a certain age and you're trying to coach them through it but you don't have the tools and resources to help them and then you only have an hour call with them what the fuck are they doing the next six days and 23 hours until Mm -hmm. your next coaching call Um, which can be really scary to think about if you don't know how to not put people in that situation But anyway she got out of this work for that reason and when as she got more familiar with the work i was doing um decided it wasn't aligned with her and decided to no longer work with me and it was this happened a couple of weeks ago and it was really eye-opening. Like I started to question, well, what the fuck am I doing? And what, what is my lane? It was actually a really beautiful experience because it, it pushed me of like, do I believe in what I'm doing and what are my boundaries? And so what what I see a coach's role as who's in this work is I can bring awareness to what your inner child is. I love teaching about the inner child. Let me introduce you to this part of you that exists let me teach you how to connect with her. Let me how teach you how to build a relationship with her. Um, let me teach you how to, to see the lessons that were learned and to use them today. Um, I do not take my clients back into their traumas and drop them in there and have them relive them do therapists do that? Maybe, um, you know, some therapists will do that as a methodology of healing. And I actually asked my therapist, cause I go to a therapist and I asked her on our last session, I said, what do you think is the difference? And that's kind of how she described it, it was a little bit more past tense. Therapy really gets into the nitty gritty versus coaching is more, um, present and future focus. That was kind of a long answer. I apologize about that, but I fucking love how you described that. Um, and that feels really good to know that you've been thinking about that. And if you're listening to this and you are a coach and you do this type of work and you haven't thought about this, please think about this because our work is, can be, and is unbelievably transformational. um, and that can be, Um, that can affect people in in a lot of different ways. And I love that you're trauma-informed. And I think having some sort of uh, trauma-informed, not necessarily maybe certification, but education is is super, super important. So uh, I appreciate you answering that question back at me.
1: Yeah, of course. I want to mention one more thing. Yeah. um, So I do have a client that you know, has those big T traumas, but um, I'm actually working with her while she's working with her therapist. Mm. So it's one of those things where I provide that support and guidance to allow her to feel heard and seen, but she's also doing that deep work with her therapist as well. So that's something that you can, you know, when you, if you come across a client like this, to you know, refer them to the resources that you th- that you find are best, but also let them know, like, hey, my services are still available to you if you want to work together while you work with your therapist, right? Because you have unique needs or you have unique um, gifts to give to the world as well, and that's not to say that you can't impact or you know change that that person's life while they're you know working with a therapist. Mm-hmm. So working together as well. And that's actually something that, um, I made sure of before I worked with her is that, you know, her therapist was on board and she actually thought that it was an incredible idea for us to be working in tandem together. So, um, and it's funny because both actually both of my clients, um, well, two of them are, they go to therapy and they work with me and, um, yeah. So, I mean, the type of therapy too, it matters as well, um, There's a lot, a lot. Yeah, there's a lot I can, we can say about this, but, um, but yeah, I don't want to like step on any toes either. Oh, no, you know, like,
0: yeah, it's, it's, um, not stepping on toes because it's not, it's like you said, it's not either or, it's yes and. mm -hmm. And I also, most of my clients who I've worked with or work with me also work with a therapist, and it's just such a beautiful, um, like you said, it's, it's just such beautiful support and we are offering different gifts and it's really beautiful when a client can come to me and say, Hey, I made this discovery with my therapist, but maybe I'm having a hard time integrating it into my day-to-day life. And here we step in and we talk about ways to integrate and build systems and habits. And,
1: mm-hmm.
0: um, no, the, this is just to empower people to be more aware and see how these, these, um, different modalities, can work in, in cohesion together because it's not just one or the other. There's a lot of ways to connect to self and explore self and fuck. Yeah. Do them all.
1: (laughs) Yeah. If it feels good for you. For sure. I mean, I'm one to provide my clients with an array of different tools and modalities. I don't believe in just one personally. And I do find that typical traditional therapy is just one type of therapy Um, so I mean being in it myself um, I've worked with a few different therapists Um, I love the one that I currently have I haven't been to him in a while but um, he does hypnosis EFT like cognitive like CBT all of that stuff so um, yeah and you know even just working with therapists and seeing what they do like I've Increased my skill set through that, and you know, I've had a deeper understanding for what trauma is and how it shows up, and allowing myself to, you know, just inform my clients on a deeper level as to you know how the inner workings work within their body and in their brain. Mm,
0: mm, 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 mm. Um. I want to kind of guide us back here for just the last last question of, you know. We started off talking about your holistic life and success coach and you help people find freedom in the patterns that keep them stuck. And the way that you do that is through having this awareness and building this toolbox, if you will, of ways to connect to yourself and get really clear on what um, some of those fears, some of those blockages are so that you can step into this highest Version of yourself. And that's, I mean, I know we went a little bit more down the rabbit hole of um, kind of the inner child, but I think it just, it's so powerful and it's so beautiful because in order to get to point B, whatever point B is for you, we have to understand where we came from
1: and, mm-hmm. and
0: what's inside of us and, and what we're carrying. So I really appreciate everything you shared. I, I would love to finish with one last question which is going to be my new question that I'm going to ask all of my guests on my podcast um and that is what does owning your shit mean to you and Mm. and how are you practicing it every day
1: yeah I when I think of owning your shit I think a lot about um a lot of personal responsibility and ownership so um I look at it as you know since I've, you know, been deep into this work, I just take complete responsibility for everything that happens in my life. Um, I may not, I mean, we don't have full control over everything, but you know, we, with the laws of the universe, I'm not going to go into the woo-woo shit, but, (laughs) and the energetics and all that stuff, but, um, you are your own creator. So what's happening in your life is a, it's, being created by you in some way so um, and I also think that if you want to feel powerful which is you know I think what we all want at our course not just you know be happy but we want to feel powerful we want to feel authentic and you know grounded within ourselves that requires you to keep your power and that requires you to own your shit (laughs) own it and uh, you know Also, you know, be authentic and, um, yeah, just pretty much taking full responsibility and ownership for one's life. Otherwise you're giving your power away to everyone else and allowing, you know, life happening to you rather than for you.
0: Amen. Sister friend. (laughs) I love that. Taking radical responsibility and using your power of choice. We can always choose. And yeah, I I love that. That's what I define as owning your shit. Um, I'm so happy you're here because you gave all of us, myself included, such powerful tools and ways to continue owning our shit and continue connecting with deeper parts of ourselves, not falling victim to our past, but being really the creator of our future. As corny as that sounds, it's true. And I just feel so honored to know you and to share energy with you in time. Um, I feel like we could talk forever and we will (laughs) have many more conversations. Um, But I think we gave the people some really good information today. You gave the people some incredible information. And so please, how can people connect with you? What do you have going on in in your world so that people can learn from you and, and grow with you?
1: first off I want to say it's been such an honor to be here so thank you for giving me this opportunity it's been such a pleasure and such a gift so I'm like always high vibe when I'm in your energy so I appreciate you starting my I don't know when this podcast is coming out but Tuesday morning off on such an incredible note so thank you um, but yeah you can find me I hang out on Instagram primarily. Um, doing some revamps to the page but you can follow me it's un- it's at underscore kelly folk k e l l y f o l k and wow. okay cool and i actually um i you know my my program soul's aligned will be open for a launch uh in a couple weeks but yeah, but honestly, I'm just, if you want to dive more into inner child healing, I would love to provide just a free resource of a meditation and a, a journaling prompts um, to your audience to just dive okay. and connect okay. a little bit more through <laughs> the, the little one that's hanging out inside.
0: Yes. Oh, so I would love that. And I'm sure the audience would so appreciate that. Um, You are a gem. The work you do is so important and is changing, really changing the world. So I really appreciate mm. you. Thank you so much for being here. Y'all heard it. Where to connect with her. Like I said, I'll drop that in the show notes. I feel so cool saying that. I'm going to drop it in the show notes. <laughs> um, and yeah, please connect with my girl. She really is. Every post you put out is just so meaningful. And um, it's funny because I, you know, most of the people I follow, I don't really like stop and read their shit. Um, but you are always somebody who's like, I'll stop and read and really absorb, uh, cause I know it's going to be good and I know it's going to be meaningful. So I appreciate you. Um, I, pr- I'm really grateful to the universe for bringing us together seriously. Mm. And, um, yeah, I will, uh, I will get all this up so people can start healing and growing and thriving the way they deserve to. So thank you so much for being here. Uh, love you all. Thank you for listening. Thank you for sending or sending for sharing your energy with us on this fine day. It does not go unappreciated. I know there's a lot of things out there pulling for your attention and I'm glad that we captured it at least for a little bit. So thank you. Love, much love.